Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. It's so easy to be average. You know it as well as I know it. It takes a little something to be special, Don. It takes a little something special to be a great player. We don't have enough great players. To hell with that! We don't want to coach average. I don't want to be around you. Why be around average? proud of our young people in the classroom, in the community, and most especially in 310 days in Ann Arbor, Michigan, on the football field. Three things. Number one, the team that hits the hardest and the longest, the team that starts the fastest, and the team is too damn smart to make mistakes. If you take it to them, if you don't make mistakes, and you keep taking it to them, hell, there's no question who will win. It's time for the best Buckeye podcast. By fans, for the fans. Where they hate that team up north as much as you do. It's time for the OHIO Podcast. OH! Welcome back to the OHIO Podcast, everybody. I am Buckeye Boggs. That man over there is the wild man, Chris Wilds. And this guy needs no introduction. Ohio State, former Ohio State linebacker, Brian Roll is in the house with us tonight. Brian, thank you so much for joining us here on the OHIO Podcast. Thanks for having me, guys. I appreciate it. Yeah, we are we are tickled pink to have you. Of course, the OHL podcast is brought to you by Fansided and Big Banter. We're thankful for both of them tonight. And Brian, let's just jump right in. And, and folks, in the chat, there's quite a few uh, already watching live in the chat. Go ahead and give us your questions for Brian Roll. Uh, we want to make sure that you have your questions answered as much involvement tonight as possible. But Brian, you were a Florida man. You you were you were down there in the Sunshine State when you were in high school. How did we get you to come up to the Midwest to Ohio State to be a Buckeye? Uh, you know, I always asked Luke Fickle when I was at Ohio State, how the heck did they find me in the, one of the smallest towns in South Florida? Um, he just told me, you know, we have our way of finding guys. Um, but I remember going to the 2006 uh, one versus two game with uh, Ohio State, Michigan. And prior to that, I had been to a Florida LSU game, and I thought that was the best it got. Um, and I always tell the story because I remember walking into the stadium and not really remembering the game, just the atmosphere was electric. Um, and I called my, my, my mom that night um, from the Blackwell, and I told her, I'm coming to Ohio State. It's just that game, man, it was nothing like it. The atmosphere, the people, the the just – just, is that one of those things, you know, the saying that, you know, you just had to be there. And that's what it was for me. And I knew I was going to be a Buckeye after that game. Now, did you have any relationships established before that with any coaches, or was that kind of the beginning stage of your recruiting, or was that more towards the end there? That was actually in the beginning for me with Ohio State. Um, you know, being a South Florida guy, 
Um, for all intents and purposes, I was going to University of Miami. Um, and I remember when Larry Coker got fired and Randy Shannon kind of took the reins. Um, me and my head coach had a conversation about it in high school about um, they're wanting to pursue more offensive needs that they had at the time. So I had to kind of scramble and look for other schools. And, and I didn't know much about Ohio State. Um, a couple of people at my high school actually taught or went to school at Ohio State and kind of nudged me in that direction. And, and I thank them to this day for it. Awesome. Awesome. Man, we got some good questions coming in, Chris. I'm going to pull one of the fan questions right away. And then, Chris, you can ask the next one to our very special guest tonight, Brian Roll. Uh, Larry Daniels, who's from Florida, he's from <laughs> living down in Florida. He says, welcome, Brian. Any favorite memories versus that team up north? Oh, man. Hold on. So I would say the favorite memory is, is winning four times in a row. Um, that, that I tell people, you know, it's a it's a great feeling to know you wake up every day and you've never lost to Michigan. Woo! Uh, <laughs> uh, I, I tell people one of the, the fondest moments, though, um, there's always this video that shows Grant Schwartz walking down the tunnel when we were at Michigan and one of the Michigan players bumping into him. Uh, that game there, we played at Michigan Stadium in 2009. Um, that game was more memorable because we're, that's my first time being a starter in their house. And, man, their fans may be the most obnoxious people in the country. Um, and to be able to beat them on their home turf, it, it made it like it made life so much worth living at that time, honestly. Chris, I got to jump in, man. Uh, after that answer, two things. Number one, wear all your gold pants, brother. I have all my gold pants. My wife has her pair, as she should. And then my, yes. my parents actually keep most of all my football stuff down in Florida. Um, I actually have a couple of jerseys here in our basement hanging up, but my parents hang on to pretty much everything I have. Okay. All right. Uh, and th let's talk, let's talk about the tunnel. Uh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Chris knows where I'm going here. I, there is there, all the incidences that happen in that place. There's one common denominator. It's them. Like, Give me your perspective as an Ohio State player. Let us all know what it's like in that tunnel and what, what it's like going up against them in their house before the game in that tunnel. Uh, well, it's terribly constructed. So it, you share the same walkway on and off the field. There's nothing to separate people. There's not a cop standing in the way to guide. Um, so, you know, obviously players go out pregame and warm up. And the two times I played in that stadium has always been instances where we just happen to time it up, walking out of the locker room at the same time. And we're not going to move ourselves out of the way to make room for them, um, if you know what I mean. So, yeah, it, it's always those instances where you're bumping into one of their guys or, or even a coach, honestly, um, because at the end of the day, there's no love lost there. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Chris, what's your question, buddy? Well, you know, Brian, my, my man Eric here, He's got this major bromance going for Jim Trussell. Oh, yeah. So, and this is probably one of his questions he had stashed away, but what are kind of like your memories or thoughts on Jim Trussell and maybe your favorite Jim Trussell story? Oh, man. Coach Trussell, uh, man. What's funny is, is we actually talked this past week. So he actually sent, I don't know if he sent, sent it to every guy, but he sent, um, one of your first days on campus um, as a freshman, they have you fill out your goals and aspirations, things mm -hmm. that you want to do while you're at Ohio State and then life thereafter. Um, so we talked earlier this week. He said, I'm going to send you something in the mail. And I got it at the end of the week. And just reading through that stuff uh, reminded me why he was such and is such a great guy is that 
he invested so much time in, in us becoming great men. Um, most of the stuff that he said, actually everything he said, it really had nothing to do with football, just about how can Brian Roll be a great player? How can I be a great person? Um, you know, what kind of person I want to be in the community? What are my values? Things like that. Um, and those are the things that I think about when I think about Jim Trussell. Um, it's just a guy of great value, a guy of uh, integrity. Um, I always tell people the story of when we were losing to Penn State at home. Um, I want to say it was either 2009 or 10. Um, Trussell was a guy of – he didn't have to yell. He didn't have to curse because his presence uh, just commanded respect. Um, I remember going to the halftime. We were down 10-3. to um, And Trussell, man, I've never seen fire in this dude like I did at that that time. Um, I would say we knew we weren't going to lose the game. But he he instilled fear in us, man, to make us think we were losing by a bigger margin than we were. Um, and he just looked at us like, you guys think this is Big Ten football? You think this is Big Ten football? I'm like, well, I mean, we're in a close game with Penn State, and at the time they were playing their best football. Um, and he has some choice words for us, which we deserved at the time because of the defense, we didn't play well, and as an offense, we were kind of struggling. Um, but that's probably one of the most um, – one of the moments I, that I, I that stands out to me because you rarely saw Trussell get as fired up as he was. The hair on the back of his neck was standing up. Um, he had so much fire in his veins at the time. Um, and obviously we came out with a win in that game. Yeah, it's funny that you mentioned the list because oddly enough, I was listening to Bobby Carpenter on the radio uh, last week, I think it was, and he and Schlegel both said that they got their list in the mail. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, that's, that's funny that you brought that up. So he's keeping tabs on you guys if he's got all of your uh, addresses, right? Yeah. Oh, what a great, what a great guy, man. That just I, every time any we we interview any player, uh, we have there's not been one player who's played for Jim Tressel that I have talked to, we've talked to that has anything negative to say about that man. I mean, um, you, I mean, there's there the, the, he is literally the epitome of greatness. Um, when I think about people in my life outside of my father who's had a significant impact on who I am today. Um, Jim Trussell is, is top two. I would say Jim Trussell and then my high school coach. And and he, he just – it's just he understood. Obviously, he's been through so much more life than I than I had at, you know, the tender age of 18 years old coming to college. Um, but the way he was able to relate with the players on a personal level, um, it made it made you do, want to do nothing but be the best uh, for him and for the staff there uh, that he put together. This is a question from Ryan Wickerham, who he uh, asked earlier if you remember him from Braxton Miller's football yeah, camp. The, but, uh, yeah, the football camp in, uh, uh, I forget the, the town we went to that had the football team that was, I think they kind of dissipated. Um, but it was probably, what, three years ago, I want to say it's been? Two or three years ago. Okay. Yeah, everybody knows Ryan, right? <laughs> Ryan says, <laughs> who was your favorite assistant coach when you were at Ohio State? Good question, Ryan. Oh, man, assistant. Oh, man. Oh, boy. Luke Fickle was my guy. Okay, um, okay. I, I love Luke Fickle, man, because, again, he was um, outside of trust one of those guys that he just demanded so much from you. And I'll look back on it. I thank him for it because – I felt like at the time, as a, as a young kid coming in, why are you being so tough? Uh, but at the end of the day, he wanted nothing but, but the best. And obviously, he's turned out to be a great coach, a head coach with Cincinnati and now at Wisconsin, that now I know why he pushed so hard because he wanted us to be great. Um, I, I, I'll be remiss if I didn't mention another guy, uh, Doug Davis, uh, okay. you know, rest in peace, who uh, was our strength coach. Um, 
who had passed away. Um, so I always called myself B Thrill. And most people are like, where do you get that from? It's Dub Davis. Like this dude was was one of the most awesomest people you would ever have had the chance to meet. Um, a gentle soul. The guy was just so awesome. He held Bible study for us um, um, in the top four of our dorm, uh, dorm rooms. Um, he was just an awesome man. Um, and when I think about people at Ohio State outside of Trussell, um, and even Luke Fickle, uh, Doug Davis always comes to mind. Yeah. All right. I, is it all right if I ask a tough question? You could say I'm going to pass. Do you think, being a Luke Fickle guy, do you think Ohio State should have at least given him an interview before they hired Ryan Day? I agree. Yes, I do. Um, you got a guy who who is an Ohio guy who you know played at Ohio State, who came back, coached at his alma mater. Um, and not to say it didn't happen, because um, behind closed doors, we never know. But I, I would have loved to have seen, and I'm, I'm satisfied with Ryan Day. I love the guy. Mm-hmm. Met him a handful of times. But it would have been neat to see Luke Fickle, you know, kind of take the reins after, you know, you know, been an assistant for so long and then, you know, having a, a, a rough year after Trussell left um, to have the opportunity to kind of develop a program um, that he grew up in. Um, I think ultimately the, the cards uh, played out the way they, they should have. And, you know, now he's, you know, at a school that has, you know, great uh, history as well. So he's doing well. Yeah, I, I'm I'm as a Buckeye fan, I'm terrified of that game this year. Yeah, yeah. That- yeah, that is the game because you you can tell us you know more anyway. That's a tough place to play, especially oh, at nighttime oh, when it's rocking, right? It's uh so actually, uh, Wisconsin uh, was actually my first college football visit um, when they played Illinois in two thousand seven or six, um, and then you know you go to a game, it's like oh this is it's all right, it's a small stadium, and then you go and play against those dudes at night. It's a different atmosphere, man. They only seat sixty some thousand people. But I tell you what, they know how to put it together. And and having a guy like Luke Fickle, who knows toughness, who knows grit, uh, they're going to be a force to be reckoned with. Mm-hmm. That one that one might have me more scared than just about anyone on that schedule this year. That one's – circle that one. You know, that, that one could be interesting. Here's a great question from Robert Allen. What do you like about our defense now, and what would you change? Great question, Robert. Um. I- I love that we're we're a multiple defense. Like we we don't we're not just vanilla. We don't come out and do one thing and then hope we get good at it. I love the fact that uh, Coach Knowles came in. Um, he he kind of threw the book at the team at, at the defense and forcing those guys to think, forcing those guys. Uh, kind of like you said, Alabama. Those guys run a sophisticated defense, um, which throws the offenses off. And I think um, the teams got settled. I think towards the end of the year, and I think going into the spring this year, and now into the season. Um, I love the fact that they have so many different packages, so many different schemes. Um, the one thing I would like to see more uh, is just blitzing. I feel like we're most we've been most chaotic over the years in our defense is when we just blitz. Um, and not to say that that won't happen. I think with having Knowles in putting in the sophisticated defense, you got to get your coverages down packing, and you kind of run your blitzes based on those coverages. Um, so I can understand why we did it, but I think. You know, as you know, the season, you know, get kicked off in a month or so um, that we start to see, you know, more blitz packages, things like that to kind of put heat on quarterbacks instead of having our defensive back standing back, you know, having to cover guy for three or four seconds. And as a former linebacker, I'm sure you're like, yeah, let's blitz the linebacker, right? I, I, listen, if I could blitz every play, I would have, man. I love <laughs> Literally. Uh, you were living in the backfield, man, in 2010. I, I remember. Hey, that reminds me of a question. Okay. 
I remember the Navy game when they were going for two, right? And it's like, what is happening? And how, okay, you get the INT like in the end zone, right? Yeah. If I recall right. And then you ran it back. And then it's only two points. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, he ran all that way for two points, for two man. Points. I tell you what, my, you don't think about it, or at the time I didn't. Honestly, I was a little tired. You know that game, man. They 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 draw the game out. We're running the ball, running the ball. Um, but that play in particular, we ran that play in practice every bit of twenty five times in the spring and then preseason. Um, and I remember Luke Fickle right before we went out on the field. He said, "Now remember, if the quarterback rolls out, Brian, I want you to blitz. But if he stays in the pocket, I want you to stand there and he'll throw you the ball." Like literally, those are uh, Luke Fickle's exact <laughs> words. And if you watch the quarterback kind of move maybe two feet to his right, and I kind of stood there, he threw me the ball. I mean, and I'll go back to Luke Fickle's. Like he he had like little things like that to where he was way more prepared than you than we were um, to where he could tell you just be there and and the play is gonna find its way to you. And that's exactly what happened. Yeah, all hundred yards for two points. It, it, uh, <laughs> I, I probably should have took a knee or something, but I think there was like a, still a minute and a half left in the game. Yeah, so they still had a chance, so I think it kind of put a little more pressure on them to have to throw the ball after that. No, nah, man, when you when you can when yeah, you can we... get a when you can get a pick too. I mean, come on. <laughs> <laughs> I I don't know. I I might have to look this up. You might be the only Buckeye in history with a pick two. Probably. <laughs> Put it in the record books, man. <laughs> but but you got to get yours when you get the chance being on defense. Seriously. Yeah. I, I don't know if I would have been able to live with myself taking the knee at the two yard line or something. Uh, so yeah, I had to, uh, I had to take it back and I had to show the wheels a little bit. That, that, there you go. That's right. That's right. There you go. Uh, Chris, you got a question before we talk about James? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so what Brian was your favorite memory as a Buckeye? Oh man, the pick two. <laughs> the pick two was up there. Um, I mean, I know you had a big game against Iowa, and uh... I would I would say the Rose Bowl. Yeah. Um, and you know, you watch games like you know USC Texas as a kid, mm -hmm. and honestly, as a kid, I never thought about playing college football. I just loved to watch the game. Um, but I remember um, going out there, and you get the, the atmosphere of being in Pasadena. Um, it's just it's it's it literally gives you goosebumps thinking about it. But I remember coming out, actually, after the first half, you come out and the sun's going down, you look out over the back of the stadium, you see the mountain range in the back of the stadium. And literally, it literally just kind of like, I had like plays going in my head of watching that USC-Texas game. And I remember telling myself, like, we're going to do something crazy tonight. You know, we weren't slated to win that game. We were underdogs to Oregon. Um, and then having the opportunity to do it on the big stage, like the Rose Bowl, man, it, it was, it's one of those things that literally you can only dream about um, and fortunately for us, we had the opportunity to live out that dream. Now, I, I got to ask you, too, just as a follow-up, because I'm glad you mentioned the Rose Bowl. Obviously, you know, the Big Ten's expanding. We've got USC, UCLA coming in. Do you think that playing in the Rose Bowl as part of the regular season is going to diminish in any way the, the Rose Bowl game itself? I, I, I don't think so. Um the Rose Bowl is still the Rose Bowl. You know what I mean? I think you go out there for a regular season game, uh, the atmosphere is going to be so different. Uh, the tone of that game will be so different. And then you go there that week, obviously all the media, all the hype around it makes it what it is. Um, I, I, th I don't think it'll have any effect on the game itself. Um, I think, for any if anything, it'll give players, you know, a little bit more um, 
you know, fire to want to, you know, make it to that game if we don't happen to make it to the national championship if it's not in that game. Um, but, but no, anytime you get to play on that field, man, is awesome. And, and you're one of very few people when you do get a chance to play in that game on that field to do so. Yeah. It doesn't seem like it diminishes it for the PAC 12 teams, uh, when they're in the Rose bowl and they get to play on it every other year for the most part. So yeah, I would, I would, I would think that it's still going to hold some, some, uh, power, uh, for the Midwestern schools. Um, Brian, you had two years crossover with James Laurinaitis when he was a player. Of course, now he's our uh, linebackers coach here at Ohio State. What was James like as a player and as a leader on that defense? And James was awesome. Um, so as a freshman, you come in, you don't really meet the older guys really until halfway through the summer. Um, all the freshmen kind of work out together. Um, and I remember our first workout with the older guys, and I was outrunning everybody. I always tell this story, too, because – you think about this stuff as a former player. I remember coming out, you know, it's a bigger group of guys. You see guys like Malcolm Jenkins and those guys. I didn't really know who they were at the time. And I remember running 330, so around the football field. Um, and this guy's beating me every time. I'm like, who the hell is this dude? And it was James Laurinaitis at the time. And I'm like, there's no way this dude's beating me in a race. Like, I don't get beat in a foot race. Um, but then as I, you know, went on with conditioning and, and learning who James was, um, the dude is, is, was one of the hardest working guys you'll ever meet um, and one of the most humble guys you'll ever meet. Um, you, I would n- never have known that James was an All-American and, and Bronco Nagurski Award winner. Um, but the dude just, he was just excellent. And as a leader, uh, it, he was like he was like a, like a player ver- version of Jim Trestle. You know, the guy just, the respect that guys have for him because of the hard work that he put in, because of the dedication he had to the game. Um, he wasn't one of those guys that talked about it and wasn't, you know, backing it up. You know, we came to film, film study, being on time, doing things the right way. Uh, James, along with so many other guys on the team, was just the epitome of of, of what it means to be a Buckeye. Wow. Well, Eric, did you just get a warm feeling inside there? I did. He, when he said the player version of Jim Tressel. I was like, my, my heart started pitter-pattering there. Uh, what's James going to be like as a coach, do you think? Awesome. I mean, obviously the guy has a ton of experience with playing, what, 10 years in the NFL, um, breaking breaking and making so many records. Um, I think he'd be awesome. Anytime you can, you know, be coached by somebody um, at a school that played there so he knows what it means to be at Ohio State, what our tradition is in that room of linebackers. Um, I think he'll do nothing but make that group of guys better um, and make the program better. Um, I don't know if there's another guy in this country outside of maybe Marcus Freeman or myself who would be even better linebacker coach. Okay, okay. Oh, so he, do you he have? He just a... his hat in the ring in case he uh, did. He did. I caught that. Maybe sometime moves I... up to the D, the DC spot. You know? Yeah. <laughs> Future linebackers coach at Ohio State, Brian Roll. I like it. Hey, you just you just you just brought up Freeman, man. So let's talk about Freeman over at at at, at uh, yeah, his favorite guy <laughs> over at Notre Dame, man. Like, okay, so he makes the comments about not making the same mistake twice. He comes out and says, "I regretted saying that." People like Chris over there, are like, I ain't gonna forgive him. Tell us a little bit about Marcus Freeman as a person, as a human being, and how should we as Buckeye fans look at Marcus Freeman? Man, Marcus Freeman is is, is a friendly, I would say that. Marcus is a great dude, too. Um, and obviously, you get caught up in a moment at one point or another in your life where you may say something you regret, and obviously he did. Um, but again, he's one of those guys you come into Ohio State, and you get to meet him and who he is, and the guy's a starter. Um, but he's a humble gentleman, um, obviously soft-spoken. He was actually really quiet. 
um, at Ohio State. So he wasn't one of those rah-rah guys. Um, but I think he's a really good dude who's kind of uh, uh, paved his own way as a coach. And now, obviously, being at Notre Dame, um, I take my hat off to him because it takes, you know, what he went through with um, hard issues, couldn't play in the NFL, and then was able to mm-hmm. come back and, and coach. Actually, he was at Ohio State with me my senior year, um, working with Luke Fickle um, and the linebackers. Um, so being able to to be kind of coached by him and play with him was a neat experience. And I feel like as a, as a nation uh, that that a Buckeyes who that we are, cut him some slack. He's still a Buckeye at heart. Um, he's still our guy. Cut him slack, Chris. You heard <laughs> it. Brian Roll said so. Give give me a year, maybe two, and my my blood pressure may come down. <laughs> oh, I understand. <laughs> And, and of course, again, we we are a proud uh, uh, people as Buckeyes. Um, so yeah, take your time. But yeah, Marcus is, is a good dude. And again, you know, once a Buckeye, always a Buckeye. There it is. There it is. I love it. I love it. All right, man. So so if let's let's say Ryan Day gets the itch to go back to the NFL, and uh, Andy Reid retires, and he he gets a chance to go coach the Chiefs. I mean, that's I don't care who you are. You got to consider that, right? And Ohio State's looking for a job. Do you think if Marcus Freeman was asked, would he leave Notre Dame for Ohio State? It'd be hard for him to. I would say it'd be hard to leave Notre Dame only because it's. it's you look at Notre Dame, look at Ohio State. I mean, you're looking at two of the biggest schools in the country. Um, I would say it'd probably be more feasible for someone like Luke Fickle to leave Wisconsin. Uh, and come to back to Ohio State, then you know Marcus Freeman to leave Notre Dame, even um, after I, one year. Yeah, yeah, I would say so. But it still, it still is Ohio State. If I was, you know, in in Marcus Freeman's shoes, and you know, my alma mater wanted me to come back and coach, um, that'd be a heck of a bind to be in. But again, once a Buckeye, always a Buckeye. And of course, you take on those colors when he went to Notre Dame. Mm-hmm. So if he chose to stay there, if, if that happened. You couldn't blame the guy, but hopefully Ryan's day here for a long time. Yeah. Um, and, and I think he'll write the ship and we wouldn't have to have the thoughts kind of, you know, juggling around either about what the future may look like. Good, good. I, I like the confidence there. Chris, you got another question before we wrap this thing up, man? No, I've got nothing right now, Eric. Okay. All I mean, right. You, you, you threw me off. You brought up the name again. <laughs> I did. I did. Well, I mean, Brian's been so actually, pleasant to like want actually, to talk yes. about it. So I'm like, okay. You, you know, you know, Eric, I do have one here. Okay. Because you, you and I have talked about it. Mm-hmm. You know, we've done reviews of the tradition talks. Oh yes. I want to yeah. know who Brian's Mount Rushmore of linebackers at Ohio Ooh. State is. God. Well, I'll tell you this much right now. He wore the right number, thirty six. Uh huh. Uh. Uh-huh. I mean, you can't you can't not mention Casimir. I mean, that's like the first name that comes to mind. Okay. Um, and we just talked about him. Uh, James Laurinaitis um, was okay. I mean, just. There's no way not to have him on there. And this next one may be a surprise to everybody listening and around. I'm gonna throw Ryan Shazier's name up there. I almost said that. That's I go, not a surprise, really. I go. He's gonna say Shazier. Yeah. Uh, I would say those would be the three guys I put up. I had to pick a fourth guy. Um, Man, that is tough. Spielman, Cousino. I, I, I say, yeah. I'm like, I'm like. But then it's like you leave somebody out when you mention yeah. their name. I, I say, Chris, I'll give Spielman his his flowers now. Yes. Okay. Yeah. 
All right. I was going to have to say something if you didn't pick number 36, Chris <laughs> Film. Now, now, Brian Roll, you did wear the right number. What what was the story behind 36? Um, So my oldest brother, I, if you ever read stories of me in high school and everything, I always said I wanted to be like my big brother. Uh, my brother, William Roll, he wore 36, actually, in Little League football, uh, middle school, high school. Um, and when I finally decided I wanted to play football in high school, I said, you know what? I'm going to wear 36 and I'm going to do it right. Uh, and I wore it until I couldn't wear it. Um, and that's where the number kind of came from. And then I get to Ohio State and I had to kind of learn the tradition of that number and, and, and respect it and wear it proud. Good job. You did. You did wear a great. And I tell you what, you have one of the more iconic jerseys because I think was it. Oh nine or ten when I think it might have been oh nine when you we went to the big house and you had to wear the throwback yeah. white jersey. Yeah. That yeah. was that was an iconic look. That was I think we only wore that one time. Yeah. In the history of Ohio State since that, you know you brought that back. That was my favorite jersey. Um the red ones I liked. We played we wore the red ones at home in twenty ten. Um but the white ones were pretty sick. And with the helmets, the white helmets with the black letters on it was pretty sweet. Yeah. Now I've heard the I've heard through the grapevine that in November when we have the night game against uh Michigan State, that they're gonna wear an all gray and it's gonna be the same jerseys the same color as the pants and helmet. <coughs> I like it. I, that you know, we, we spoke about that um when I was in college and um obviously we had our two games you know against michigan um but you know it's, it's big tradition to to wear you know scarlet and gray the uniform that we wear but i think it's awesome that they took you know you know i, I forget the first time we even wore i'm gonna say that there was a color rush um and then we say you know what let's do it again and again i, I love it um our colors we we hold them proud with the traditional scarlet and gray but being able to wear the all black or wear the gray or all red is awesome to see ryan wickerham Wants to say, hey, buddy, if you come to Columbus for a game this year, you're going to have to stop by his tailgate. Now, Chris and I are going to be doing a live show from his tailgate for the Penn State game. So if you happen to be there for the Penn State game, Brian, come on by Ryan's uh, a tailgate and join us for that one. We'll be there. We're going to be doing a live show there. That'd be a lot of fun, my man. I appreciate it, guys. Last question. My famous last question. What does it mean to Brian Roll to be a Buckeye? It's everything. Um, when I read in those those uh, documents that Trussell sent to me, um, same thing I said in 2009 holds true today is that it means everything. It's my life. Like, I wouldn't be who I am today if I didn't get accepted into Buckeye Nation um, and take the four-year trek through college, and now I have a lifelong brotherhood. Hey, man, that's a great question. Uh, hey, I got one more question for you. Just popped in. I got I to gotta ask this. This is a great one. Paul Buckeye says, thanks, Brian, Buckeye Boggs, and Chris. Who's our next Heisman? Who will be the next Heisman winner at Ohio State? Is he on the roster right now? Ooh. Uh, I would say um, <laughs> Marvin Harrison. Jr. I would say. I, I would say it, it'll be tough. I would say Harrison will be our, our our greatest chance this upcoming season to have someone you know win the Heisman Trophy. However, I think if Trayvon, Trayvon Henderson stays healthy, I think he could have a year, man, that, that's, that's, that'll be great. But it's hard when you got so many quarterbacks and, and so many different leagues that pass for five, 6,000 yards a season. Mm -hmm. But I, I still think those two guys would be our best chance this year. Yeah, that's... That's that that's a that's a good point. I mean, gosh, the game's changed so much in just the last 10, 15 years with, you know, the spread offense and and different things of that nature that I mean, gosh, defensive defenses are having to go to like 
four two fives every, all across the board, you know, yeah. and and then you, and then you play the you play the navy and you get a pick two, you know. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> nah. hey man, Brian, thank you so much for coming on and being a part of the show for, with us tonight, man. It was it was a treat to have you, and uh, again, thank you so much for all the joy that you've brought Buckeye Nation for all the great memories, and I hope I get to meet you in person real soon. I appreciate it, Eric, Chris. Uh, you guys have a great night. Thank you. Thanks, Brian. Have a great night. We're going to go to a quick commercial break, everybody. Thank you, Brian. Thank you so much. Oh, not a problem, Jess. I appreciate you guys having me in. Have a, have a good night. All righty. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. OHIO podcast is brought to you by Mastermind. Mastermind specializes in 360 degree high definition mobile video mapping, GIS integration, and traffic safety studies. Mastermind cares about traffic safety and keeping you safe on the roadway. Visit Mastermind at OnlineMastermind.com. Well, Chris, did he get? Did he calm you down about uh, Freeman at all? There, give me a year or two. I loved it, man. Hey, what a what a great guy Brian Roll is. Yeah, he really was. I think I think he probably would have been willing to stay on and talk the full hour with us, Eric. He probably would have. Hey, I, I just want to give you all a heads up. We got a Purdue Boilermaker in the house tonight. Dylan Coon. He says, Eric, Chris, what's hey, up, my Dylan. dudes? What's happening, Dylan? Good to see you tonight, my man. Dylan will be happy to know I just got in a bunch of Purdue gear. You did <laughs> over at the shop? Yeah, I had a, a client who uh, came in and asked for it, so I got some Purdue gear in. I was going to say, who's going to buy that in Marion, Ohio? There's a couple Purdue so, fans there? Well, I guess so. Well, you know, you guys do have a major train station there. A train route goes through Marion. I, you oh, know. We, we used to be big down here. That's what Marion used to be known yeah. for. We were, the, we were the big route from uh, Chicago East, man. <laughs> oh, my gosh, Robert. Robert Allen, Chris. How many things do you say and then regret? <laughs> hey, Zero. I'm not regretting it at all. Oh my gosh! I don't. I don't have great. to love them to love the money, man. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Dylan says, "Hey, about that memorabilia that that produced stuff." He says, "You know where to find me, brother." <laughs> Beautiful. Oh man, look at this, Larry Daniels. Gosh, you're speaking my love language tonight, Larry Daniels. Coach Trestle has an amazing tree of great athletes and athletes and men. You know what? I just wrote, I just wrote an article on Saturday Blitz that posted yesterday about we need to stop worshiping head coaches in college football uh, because they're just men. You know, of course, this stems from what happened over in, in Northwestern. We didn't get into hazing or anything like that with Brian Roll. That might have been a good question to ask him what kind of little hazing went on at, at Ohio State when his time there. And, you know, I've heard Bobby Carpenter talk about it. And, Chris, you and – I mean, we both played sports. I I played junior varsity as, as a freshman uh, in basketball, which meant we had to practice with the varsity, which meant there were seniors there. I've been peed on in the shower, <laughs> you know, like – 
you know, the hazing and stuff that yeah. happened back then. I don't ever look back at that stuff and think, oh my gosh, I'm scarred for life. But Northwestern was on a different level. If if, yeah. if what is the accusations that they're saying, if that stuff is true, man, that's but just you know a whole what? If ever level. there was a coach who was worthy of holding up to that status, it was Trestle. I mean, let, let, let's talk about that. I mean, the guy was not only a great coach. You talk to his players, not only a great man, but you know what? I still feel that he made the ultimate sacrifice. He fell on the sword for the sake of the program. Yeah. Yeah. Ryan Wickerham, hey, do you want me to get a current player to see if you guys can interview your show? Ryan, call me. Yes, of course. Yeah. Absolutely, man. Absolutely. Yes. All right, let's get into one of our topics. And actually, we we had Brian on, and it was kind of a last-minute thing. I've been, I've been talking back and forth with him this week, well, actually for a couple weeks, and and it was he wasn't sure if he was going to be able to make it or not. And so when he said, hey, I'm going to be on tonight, I said, cool, we're dropping everything. Let's come on at 8 o'clock. And so it was awesome to have him on. But um, we've got here at the end of the show, Chris and I have got a great topic, Big Ten topic we're going to talk about. And then at the end of the show, the last 15 minutes or so, we have put together a montage and with interviews and pictures and music from the event we had yesterday in Cleveland, Ohio, man. So much fun. Oh my gosh. Wargo was there. Some of his family, we got to meet four different Ohio state podcasts and YouTube shows. He tried to get me back to the casino, Eric. He did. Did he? He tried. I, I couldn't do it. You know? Oh man. That's amazing. That's amazing. Yeah. Uh, Robert Allen. I love Laurinaitis Trestle reference. Get that man a sweater vest. Sweater vest. <laughs> yeah. I, I wear sweater vests just because of that. I wouldn't have done it without it, man. Oh, man. Noah know. Miller, what's going on, everyone? Noah, welcome into the house tonight, man. This is great. A lot of, a lot of new people uh, commenting tonight. But, uh, yeah, so stick around for that. At the end of the show, we're going to play that montage. You're going to love it. Uh, Lisa from Buckeye Fo uh, Football Fangirl. Mm -hmm. You had Johnny Bullet from Scarlet and uh, Great. Um, you Justin. had Justin from the 330 Sports Show in Youngstown, and then two huge Buckeye fans named Chris and Eric from the OHIO podcast were there, and some new people that we got to meet, and some great food and drinks. And um, I love that place, by the way, Eric. My sugar never went up, no matter how much food I ate up there. It was very healthy. It really it was, very, was. It was great. Was I've never been healthy. to like a health food pub before, but man, I I dig it. I could go back. Yeah, that's your that's your jam, huh? Yeah. Oh, man. All right. Let's get into tonight's topic tonight. All right. So, all right. Here we go. Big Ten preview. The top 10 defensive linemen in the Big Ten heading into the 2023 season. Now, here's how we've been doing this in the past, guys. Either Chris or myself will lead this. We'll go 10 through 6 and then 5 through 1, and then the other one responds after we give five players in our list. And I'll say straight up right now, the experts that I've been reading are completely wrong. They're completely I wrong. Um, I think they're taking into account uh, things like recruiting rankings a little mm -hmm. bit too much. I also think they're taking into account kind of like <gasps> expectations or maybe even statistics from last year. Um, well, I, I think you got to take all mop up duty, Eric, you know, yeah, you got to take it all into account. Look at all of it. You also have to look at defensive scheme is important. I think. Um, and then expectations and then the level of play as far as who they are and what the expectations are for the season. So that being said, let's dive into this tonight. And Chris, I will give you 10 through six first. Are you ready? Let's do it. 
And as we like to say, Aaron used to like to say on the show, we are uncultured swine here on the OHIO podcast. So do not hold me accountable for the terrible names, uh, uh, pronunci- pronunciation of names here. Here we go. Number 10. And this guy's in a lot of top fives, and I don't understand why. Penn State's Adisa Isaac. Uh, 28 tackles, four sacks last year from the defensive end position. He is number 10 for me. Number nine, I think this is a guy who could be very high on this list by the time the season's over. That would be Captain Jack Sawyer from Ohio State. Last year's stats, okay, 24 tackles, four and a half sacks. His sacks and his tackles are the same as Isaac, yet the experts have Isaac well ahead of Jack Sawyer. And they're practically the same. Number eight from Rutgers, Aaron Lewis. 54 tackles, a sack and a half last year. Cleans up pretty good on the tackles. Didn't do too well on the sacks there. That'll come up this year. Number seven, in limited playing time, mind you. Very limited playing time. Number seven, Michael Hall Jr. from Ohio State, defensive tackle. Last year, he had 19 tackles and four and a half sacks. I think he only played in what, like five games, six games? Yeah. And half that time, he didn't, you know, was second string yeah, and barely got in. I mean, he was, I think, probably played less than 100 snaps last year, and he had 19 tackles and four and a half sacks, and he's healthy. Uh, I got him at number seven. Number six, Joe Evans from Iowa, 40 tackles, six and a half sacks last year. Again, 10 through six. Adisa Isaac, Jack Sawyer, Aaron Lewis, Michael Hall Jr., and Joe Evans. Chris, where did I get it right, and where did I get it wrong? Uh, I'll tell you what, Eric, I have exactly the same group that you did. The only thing is, um, where did you have Sawyer at? I had Sawyer at number you had him at nine. nine. I had him at eight. So okay. other than that, we're pretty well in sync. I just had your the eight and nine flopped. Did you have Miller? You had Miller ahead of Sawyer then too. I'm sorry, not Miller. Um, um, Michael oh, Hall Jr. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, because I looked at his his impact given the limited playing time and the injury plague season. Eric, this is a guy who I really think could be the number one guy on the, this list at the end of the year. He is that dominant of a of a player, that disruptive when he's actually in the game. If Ohio State's going to get to a national championship, it, they're going to need the defensive line to lead. I mean, and, you and, go back, you go back and look at the national championships with that Clemson one, and everybody likes likes to talk about sunshine at quarterback. You go back and look at those national championship teams no, from Clemson. It was their defensive monsters. lines. They were dominant on the defensive line. Yeah. And I feel that if Ohio State's going to do the same, given the inexperience that we have up front offensively and at core, the quarterback position. I think the defense is going to have to lead that. It's going to take the defensive line being dominant. And I think Michael Hall Jr. is going to be a huge part of that. Can he stay healthy? And can he get a huge pass rush up the middle? We saw it in the spring game. Now, we've been dogging that offensive line. But on the flip side of that, maybe... this defensive line is that good... Maybe that that defensive line is really that good. If that defensive line is really that good, we'll have six guys on this list by the end of the year. Oh, man, because you know how Larry likes to rotate. So they're going to get plenty of playing time, man. All right. You ready for the top five, Chris? Let's talk about it. All right. Number five, we do have to throw someone on this list from that team up north. Chris Jenkins, 54 tackles and two sacks last year 
for the Maze and Ugly. Uh, number four, Keith Randolph Jr., defensive lineman from Illinois. He had 53 tackles, four and a half sacks last year. Number three, JT, and I can't, I always butcher his last name, and I'm not allowed to call him JTT. Thank you, Chris. JTT, JT Tumulau. I still didn't do it right. Defensive line at Ohio State, 28 tackles, three and a half sacks last year, and he had what's called what many people are calling the perfect game against Penn State, like pitching a perfect game. Deontay Craig is number two for me from Iowa, 31 tackles, seven and a half sacks last year. He was a sack monster. Lead is as far as defensive linemen are concerned, uh, had the most sacks out of those who are coming back. And number one, and I tell you what, this guy is he is something yes. else to watch. I know you're talking, Jer- yeah. Jerzon from Illinois, 59 tackles, five and a half sacks. Now, I'll be honest with you, I'm but not- Eric, that doesn't tell at all. You did 14 tackles for loss, 11 hurries, two fumble recoveries. The guy's a beast. He is a beast. And I'll tell you, I'm not huge on Illinois this year, but they have got a really Randolph, good defensive line. Him and Randolph are going to be tough to stop. You're going to have to pick your poison there. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think so. I think so. What? What? Again, let me go over the top five there. Number five, Chris Jenkins from uh, Michigan. Number four, Keith Randolph Jr., Illinois. Number three, JTT, Ohio State. Number two, Deontay Craig, Iowa. Number one, Jerzon Newton from Illinois. What did I get right or wrong, Chris? Well, I got I got uh, the kid from that team up north the same as you do at number five. I think with Mozzie uh, Smith gone, he's going to have a huge season. Uh, I did have, and maybe there was a bit of a homer in me, but I, I did have JTT and um, – the honest Craig flipped. Okay. But Why you know, the that? more I what's think, your, what's, your, what's your reason behind and, that? And honestly, I, I think about it more and it, and it was probably more of a Homer factor than anything. Um, he did have more tackles for loss. Now, granted the honest Craig definitely had more sacks, but you know what? Uh, JTT also had the four pass deflections, the two interceptions, a forced fumble, a fumble recovery. So, I mean, their, their stat lines were sacks went to Craig, uh, tackles for loss went to JTT. I think that the other lines were pretty much um, kind of a give and take thing. Uh, they, they pretty much were a wash. Now, JTT did have the defensive touchdown as well. But uh, I'm telling you, Eric, if, if Ohio State's defensive guys, and one of the reasons, and I've had several people I know, probably want to know why JTT isn't number one. Um, and, and these are people who are living off that Penn State game. I'll tell you right now, JTT, Michael Hall Jr., and Jack Sawyer should all be in the top five if they could play with consistency. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That is what stops them from being, quite honestly, three of the top four players on this list is the consistency. Let me throw this out at you, Chris. Is it conceivable, given the attention that JTT is going to garner this season, that on the other side of the defense, Jack Sawyer has a huge year, has a better year statistically? Oh, I think absolutely. I I do too. I I mean, you look at that, and you can make that argument there. You can make that argument in our wide receiver room because everybody's talking about Mm -hmm. the year that Harrison Jr. is going to have. 
don't sleep on Igbuka or Fleming because Harrison's going to get so much attention. Uh, you, you know, I think that those are two position groups where that definitely could hold true. Um, and even sneak in possibly the cornerback room, just depending on, you know, how that plays out. So. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. No, I think you make very good and valid points there. So, all right. So there you have it guys. That's our top 10 defensive linemen in the big 10 heading into the season. Uh, obviously the predictions were never the same as the results by the end of the year. That's why they're predictions. Six, uh, Eric, six by the end of the year, man. <laughs> six Buckeyes. That might be a little bit of a uh, day drinking or daydreaming. One of the two, maybe combined. I don't know. Maybe a little bit uh, of both. <laughs> maybe i don't i don't know about that one buddy but hey you know teach is um well i was doing I'm, a little bit of both yesterday so <laughs> i want you all yeah i want you all to be on the lookout on our youtube channel this week and of course we will be posting on both twitter and facebook for two more big 10 team previews that we will have of course we started this past week uh we had michigan state and indiana this past week if you go back on youtube or if you go scroll down through the facebook page or on Twitter, you'll find where we posted those. Um, we are having people from Big Banner, the other Big Banner podcast, join us and talk about the team that they cover and root for. Uh, it's, it's been a lot of fun. Um, the Purdue guys. Yeah, great. Love the Purdue, Purdue guys, guys are, man. Purdue guys, we, I can't Love wait to collaborate. Guys. We're going to West can't Lafayette. Can't wait to meet them up, meet up with them in West Lafayette. Yeah, man. it's going to be it's going to be a blast, man. It's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, but you're gonna want you're not gonna want to miss the Purdue episode on uh, on Tuesday. We that thing goes off the rail. No pun intended, Purdue. That thing goes off the rails, <laughs> and uh, we had a we had a ball, man. We had a lot of fun talking to those guys, and so that's gonna be on Tuesday. And I believe uh, Iowa will be on Thursday. Uh, that's an interesting combination, Iowa fan and a Notre Dame fan from Columbus, Ohio. Uh, yeah. But uh, they are the, to Couple talk great about. Good guys, the, though, Eric. They yeah, were, good, good guys, really good, good dudes. Guys. So check that out on Thursday. That one will drop Thursday evening, the Iowa preview, or uh, yes, the Iowa preview. So Purdue on Tuesday, Iowa on Thursday, and I believe the next two after that for next week that we're going to be working on are going to be Illinois and Rutgers uh, will be yeah. also two more that we've got coming down the pipe. And by hopefully by the time season rolls around, all 14 Big Ten teams will have been previewed by yours truly and Chris. So uh, let's see here. Noah says, I want to perform Michigan versus Ohio State Buckeye to rematch on college football next time. All right, Noah. Well, you'll get that chance. You'll get that chance. Uh, Larry Daniels, I did get to see your previews this past week. Really informative. Thanks for all your time and efforts. Thank you, Larry. Uh, we absolutely appreciate that. Thank you so much, man. Um, again, we want to remind all of you to check out Big Banter. They are on Twitter currently. Um, so if you follow them on Twitter, or if you have a Twitter account, follow them on Twitter. I think you will enjoy all of the content that's being uh, produced by Big Banter, including a daily podcast now. So you'll hear Chris, myself, eventually um, be on there. Uh, so uh, you want to check that out. So, all right, Chris, it is time for the montage. We like, we love sports movies, Chris and I. We used we to do, do. We love this sports montage. We we used to do a podcast called Varsity Videos together where we would rate and review sports movies, which I truly miss, Chris. That was a lot of fun. I do, too. Um, and, 
you know, I got to tell you, Eric, last couple of weeks, my son's been hooked on the Rocky movies. Oh, have you seen the new Creed? I have not. It is pretty good. Well, I can no. tell you, I'm going to try to switch him into the Creed movies here, but he's really hooked on those Rocky movies. And, you know, Rocky is really what started the montage, Eric. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> of course, we were talking with Wargo yesterday. I was pitching him my my Ohio State movie concept about his uh, his life and career. So, anyways, we are going to cue this up for the rest of the show. We will not be back after the montage is over. It's about 12 minutes long or so, 12, 14 minutes, somewhere around in there. After it's done, we will be gone. We want to thank you all for coming. Make sure you check in next week at 8 o'clock for another live show. And then check our YouTube page, Facebook. We have more content coming your way that we are going to record that was not a part of this. So make sure you're always checking in daily. Sometimes there are bits and pieces from the live show. Sometimes it's brand new content. And we got, a, we got to... a great one coming up, Eric. Oh, yeah, we got it. We got a real good one, real interesting one coming up for all of you this week. So make sure you guys check that out. All right. So be back next week. And just like this week, you never know who's going to stop in. Brian roll this win. week. Yeah, it could be well, Archie next week. You never know. Well, you, you, never you know, know. Eric, and you never know when they're going to pop in. So make sure you check out the whole show. You know, usually it's coming at the end, but we've had a few pop in at the beginning. That's right. That's right. Thank you so much for everybody, all your comments. Now, enjoy the last part of the show. So sights and sounds and interviews from yesterday's Cleveland Buckeye fan meetup, uh, Buckeye football fangirl, Scarlet and Great, the 330 Sports Show, and yours truly from the OHIO podcast. Everybody have a great rest of your evening and uh, have a great week. everybody, I'm Mike Wargo. Hi guys, I'm Lisa, also known as Buckeye Football Fangirl. And we're having a great time at the CLE Buckeye Fan Tailgate. Always a great time with the OHIO Podcast. That's right. And just uh, enjoying life. We are here in beautiful Cleveland, Ohio. We're hanging out with a bunch of Buckeye fans. Great time. Yeah, we got the season how many days away now? Less than 60 days? 49. 49 days. 49 days. So we got 49 days to go. It's exciting. We're uh, looking for a great uh, great time this year. Going to have a great year, I think, and uh, maybe another national championship quality year. Is that your prediction what do you think? for the year? My prediction is we're going to do very well. I don't okay. like to predict national championships, but I think we're going to – going to do extremely well. Of course, we got to beat that team up north. That oh is critical. Gosh. We have to do that this year. There is nothing that we need to do more yes. than that. If we lose every other game, we got to beat the team up north. But let's not lose every other no, game. No, we shouldn't do that. No. We need to, to win the other games. Too. Ryan Day's awesome, and I sure hope that we can get that victory. Lisa, tell everybody about this event. 
you, you're the brainchild behind this. So what was kind of, but I couldn't have done it without you guys jumping in. So I floated this crazy idea that we should do a meetup in Cleveland because I live in LA, but I'm home in Ohio for the summer. And I figured why not just meet up with some of the cool fans and some awesome podcasters like Chris and Eric. Yeah, Johnny over here. We have Justin and lots of cool people who showed up to hang out with us. So we, uh, I convinced them somehow <laughs> to join me. And so we're all hanging out at Town Hall. We're eating some good food. We got some good drinks. There's some yummy desserts floating around right now. But yeah, it's been fun. What do you think? Absolute blast. It's uh, a great time. It's been good. Listening to stories. Got to hear your story. We, uh, more about the behind the scenes. Really awesome. Nice Love the OHIO podcast. Man. Great to talk about uh Great to talk about the Buckeyes. Obviously, one of the best experiences of my life. As everybody that's an Ohio State fan, I think uh, everyone holds that sacred. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's a, it's a very large part in all of our lives. Yes, yes. And it's cool just being around people who yes. love the Buckeyes as much as I do. Yes. So have that passion and just get as excited as I do. Sometimes I feel like, I don't know, I can be a little bit over the top with my excitement. And not everybody mirrors that especially in Pittsburgh some people don't they don't share the same enthusiasm yes, yes. for the bucket we have Buckeye fans everywhere so there are I can imagine that way okay but it's it's hard to find them sometimes yes but absolutely when you're walking around Pittsburgh do you bump into other Buckeye fans yes uh, I am I'm vice president of alumni club of Pittsburgh nice. we love to have you sometime if you ever come out to Pittsburgh um, yeah, as a guest and uh, yeah, but there's Buckeye fans everywhere. We, the, the university's so awesome; they've graduated so many people. No matter where you're at, there's probably going to be an Ohio State alumni club around the world. So, yes, yes. but I mean, obviously here in Cleveland, you feel the, the vibe so much more. Oh yes. But uh, our Pittsburgh alumni club, we're very proud of it. Uh, we've really grown it, and uh, we're doing an event uh, this coming Thursday at Ryan Shazier. Ooh. And that's going to be great. What's the event? Tell us more about that. It's going to be uh, about his his injury. Um, he's going to be speaking. It's going to be at the Pittsburgh Golf Club. Um, it's still not too late to register um, to, to go to the alumni club. So it's going to be great. It's it's the, Ohio, the Pittsburgh Alumni Club in our backyard. So really excited to uh, be a part of that event. Very, very cool. That'll be fun. Hey everybody, this is Chris with the OHIO Podcast. I am joined by Justin. Uh, Justin is from the 330 Sports Show. Correct. And we are up here at what was a lovely day in Cleveland. Uh, at this point, uh, the rain has started to fall, but we are up here for the Cleveland Buckeye Fan Bash up here that we have uh, gotten together with uh, the OHIO Podcast, the 330 uh, we've got uh, Scarlet Game here, as well as and, Buckeye uh, Fangirl. So we've had a great time. Uh, of course, friend of the show, Mike Ward, is here as well. Justin, uh, just let us know a little bit about the 3-0 uh, sports show, what you do there. Yeah, so I think I'm a little different than the other three podcasts that are here, you guys yeah. included. Um, I'm the only one that doesn't primarily focus on Ohio State. Right. However, we do talk a ton of Buckeye stuff on the show, Buckeye Hoops, Buckeye Football, but, you know, Northeast Ohio base, so I've talked some Cleveland Browns, I know you're a yep, fan. big Browns fan. I, I talk, uh, you know, a lot of Youngstown stuff, and and honestly, we bullshit about movies, <laughs> music, 
pop culture, what's in the news, stuff like that too. But uh, I know it's raining outside, but it is is beautiful in here, and uh, it's good to be in Cleveland. It's a fun. I love this city. So yeah, great city. So what are your expectations this year for the Ohio State Buckeyes? Well, to be straight honest, uh, I saw they were ten and a half. Um, over under. Mm-hmm. I, I use the Bet MGM app, and uh, I took the over. I'm expecting 11 and one. It is a brutal schedule. Six home games, six road games uh, at Wisconsin, Penn State's at home, at uh, Notre Dame, at uh, the team up north. Um, but I, I expect them to mostly get through that gauntlet. Maybe have one slip up with you know you're breaking in a new quarterback you're breaking in a new uh two new tackles uh there is a ton of talent and i think we all know if we can be 11 and 1 at the end of the season hopefully knocking off that team up north uh but if we slip up in one of those other games i can live with that as long as we beat uh michigan this year and uh, get back to that Big Ten title game, get back to Indy, bring the Big Ten title back to Columbus where it should be, and then uh, get to the playoff and let's see what happens. So my expectations. That's so I'm going to say 12-1, and one, get to the playoffs, and let's see what happens. Okay. Got to ask, you know, a big thing that we've talked about on our show is Ryan Day. Yeah. <laughs> He's got a great record. Yes. If he fails to beat that team up north this year, your prediction? Yeah, you can't fire him. My, in my opinion, I, I love Ryan Day. I, and I'm, I might be a homer, but I think Ryan Day is the I – know, I know you're going to disagree with me. I, yes, I will say if he loses, if they lose, he should 100% be on the hot seat. But he should not be fired. If you look at Kirby Smart, if you look at freaking Nick Saban, if you look at some of the heavyweights of college football right now, look at what they did the first five, six years of their career. They weren't the coaches they are now. Ryan Day is the future, in my opinion, of Ohio State football, and he will get them to where they need to be. Just look no further than the Georgia game. You take out one or two plays there. Ohio State has a better defense last year. They win that game. They are probably national champs. So, just my opinion. Can't disagree with that. As much as I'd like to, I can't disagree <laughs> with that. All right. Well, thanks for joining us, Justin. It's Appreciate been a great you. time out here thanks. today. I, I uh, love, love it. It's a good time, and uh, I'm glad to be in your guys' company and have, have fun up here. Have a few drinks and support the Buckeyes. All right. OH. I-O. Go Bucks. Hey everybody, Buckeye Boss from the OHIO Podcast. You know this guy. He doesn't need an introduction. This is Johnny Bullet from the Scarlet and Great. Right? Yeah, Great. I, I write for Scarlet and Game. I got to be careful. I get the two mixed up. Scarlet and Great. Podcast. I'm surprised you haven't sued us yet. Oh. <laughs> well, we did get sued. You've not been sued not yet? Not yet. Not yet. Oh, man. Yeah. I don't yeah. check my email, though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we, we have been sued, so that, that already happened. But, uh, any, yeah, don't put exclamation marks after any of your letters. Yeah. Anyways, let's talk a little bit about the season, man. You're, okay. you're connected. You do this just like us. Ryan Day, where are you at, man? Like, like after two losses in a row, is it like chill out? Or are you like, I give you one more? Like, what's happening? What's, what's the pulse here? It, it is one of those things where, um, 
you know, Mike Valenti said this best up at Michigan State and Detroit Radio. He said this about um, Mark D'Antoni when it was his time. He said, I will donate to build the statue, but I, it is also time for him to go. I'm the biggest Ryan Day defender there is. He is an offensive genius. I will die on that hill. He's a football genius. Yeah. He also has one more shot. Okay. He, I love the man. I think he. Well, I don't know. I think he's a great football mind, great football coach. If he doesn't get it done this year, I'll put the for sale sign in his yard myself. <laughs> now you coined the phrase "the rosy cheek assassin." Yes, that was did. that was you. So I'll take. Maybe Corey, but I can take credit. Okay. Well, he's not here. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. Uh, we're gonna give it you credit for that one. Okay. I think we need to have that guy back. Like we saw him against Georgia. Yes. Until those last three offensive calls at the end, where he puckered up a little bit. Yeah. But we saw the passion. We saw the the uh, the enthusiasm on the sideline. Almost the anger yeah. from him. And I think that made him a different play caller. It's inside of him. What's it going to take to pull that out of him? I think just maybe not overthinking. When I think he may have a little bit of I'm the smartest guy in the room syndrome, and I think he is. But you can't stop and analyze to get the perfect play every – sometimes it's, hey, let go, let, let studs go be studs. Sure. And, you know, I think he got snake bit a little bit by execution. You know, we would t- – teams would run defenses daring us to throw a bubble screen – we throw it, and a receiver would block like he's never played football before in his <laughs> life. Ryan Hartline, as great as he is, has never had good blocking receivers. And I think that kind of like, well, what do you want me to call? They've defended everything but the bubble, and we can't block a bubble. But I think he's got it. That's that's on the head coach to figure out what works and what doesn't. Sure. And like you said, be angry, be aggressive, and call loose, play loose. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I agree. So – um, you brought up Brian Hartline. Um, I don't think he's going to be the play caller right away. I think yeah. the, I think they're going to gradually bring him into that. Mm-hmm. Do you agree with that, or do you think it's his right now? No, it's got to be gradual, and I think it's going to be one of those things where a lot of times Ryan Day just hits the button and says, hey, run this here. Yeah. And, and that's he's always going to have that trump card. But I do think it's going to be gradual. If Ryan Day wasn't a former OC and a great offensive mind, yeah, it'd be his right away. But a guy that's never done it, and a guy who's always done it, um, I think it's going to be gradual. And hey, you got three like cupcakes to get warmed up. So yeah, it's great, great the way the schedule lays out. We, we do, we absolutely do. Now you know Braxton Miller well. Uh, <laughs> you know Zach Smith well yes, from your guys' podcast. Uh, do you got it? You, do you have a good story you can tell that you won't get. Uh, Get in trouble for? Yeah. Yeah, I got – here's one about both of them. Okay. All right, so we're hanging out at, I think, the first game watch they ever did. And this this just showed me how elite athletes like Braxton just go play. And they don't really worry about – like, when I play basketball, man, I had to be really dialed in. I just wasn't good enough to be just play – like, I had to be practiced and fine-tuned. You know, so we're talking about the spin move game, and I'm telling Braxton, I think, where I was when I was watching it. Like I just told you how cool it was. Um, And he was, I think he was talking about it a little, and he turns to Zach, and he goes, Were you there? When I hit the spin, were you there? Oh, my goodness. (laughs) The only wide receiver coach he ever had. He played receiver one year. Of course, it. (laughs) Zach goes, 
<laughs> like, oh, where would I have been? Where would I have been? Oh, like, that just shows you that these elite athletes, man, they're just going and playing off instinct. Yeah. Kinda, this isn't staged, these questions, but it feeds back into let players go play. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, I think, I think that... Ryan needs to do that a little bit. I mean, gosh, he's recruited so well. You know, we've, we've been, you know, hounding the defense. Personally, I think the defense is going to be really good this year. Like, I really feel that they're going to take another step on their Jim Knowles. So, that being said, what's your prediction for this year? What's your, what do you think is going to happen? Um, I think, you know, I can really see, I can see undefeated. I can see a loss because it's just hard to win every week. Yeah. Every year, man. Bama's starting to lose one a year. Uh-huh. You know, Georgia is having nail biters with nobody. It's yeah. just Missouri of all yeah. people. It's hard to show up every week. I can see a loss sneaking in there. Um, I do think they get it done against Michigan. It's do or die. Um, home court, home field doesn't mean what it used to. Sure, we we proved that this year. Yeah, <laughs> and um, I think I think we'll do 11, 1, 12, and 0. Um, but uh, I, I think it, it will be, I feel like, a playoff year, fringe playoff, playoff team. I don't know if they're national champions. You'd need a really good defense for that. You re- yeah. We have the dogs. I just don't know if it'll gel. I do think Kyle McCord needs four games to get comfortable. Okay. I do. I think a lot of people say, a lot of people, folks at home, don't do this. A lot of people are going to compare Kyle McCord, game one, Versus CJ Stroud, game 26. Can't do it, no. That, you see how long it took CJ to go through that door? Yeah, he got he got set down for a game. Yeah, yeah. well, and I, would, I was wrong. He was not good at but He was shaky. He was not next level till Georgia or that one Rose Bowl. Kyle's going to need the same leash. You've got to compare him to CJ Stroud, game one against Minnesota that Thursday yeah. night. Uh, that's my take. I think... Once he gets those kinks worked out, we can be uh, as long as the O line holds up. That is my biggest concern of the year. Yeah, ours too. We've talked about that all summer long. Where can everybody find your show, man? Podcast. Uh, YouTube.com slash Go Bucks. Or you can just look up Scarlet and Great. We just did a couple shows this week with uh, Chris Drew and uh, some more releasing here soon. So appreciate you. Johnny Moore, Johnny Lunsford, the Scarlet and Great podcast. Check it out on YouTube. Listen to it. Wherever you get your podcast, I've been listening to it for years, man. Sorry. Finally, finally got to meet him. Sorry about that. Go Bucks. Go Bucks. Save big on brunch for mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16 ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% lean ground sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca Cola, Pepsi, or 7 Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.